again for the gift of your word. Thank you that it encourages and blesses and disturbs us. We pray that as we gather around it for a few moments together now, that by the power of your spirit, you would speak to our hearts. Give us what we need this morning, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. going to have a think together about these few verses from Isaiah 61 and uh, you may have uh, uh, they may have felt a little familiar uh, because we had them read uh, at our service of prayer for healing with the laying on of hands uh, a few weeks ago Uh, but we're reading them again because they have played such an important part uh, in the life of St Christopher's and of the Springfield Project They are verses which are cherished uh, particularly uh, by St. Christopher's and the Springfield Project as trying to express something of what it means to be the church, the people of God in this place. So let's think about them a little bit together. They begin with the spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news, good news to the poor. These are words which Jesus takes up when he uh, uh, preaches in the synagogue uh, uh, in Luke chapter 4, and this is where he begins that uh, quote. And it begins with this sense of good news, good news. There is something good happening here. Not something to be worried about or frightened about or intimidated by. Something that is good. Something that is of God. And we know, don't we, that when God is in the business of blessing people and of working in and through people, that it brings goodness. That people are made bigger by what God does to them in them, through them. So whatever we as a church and a project want to be doing, we want it to be good news for people, that the Spirit of God comes to give them good news. It's an important place to start because our world, isn't it, is so full of news which is not good that here God is at work and here there is something good and what is this good news the passage goes on to describe a quite phenomenal exchange it's unflinching in how it describes the situation at first it says that there are people who are broken-hearted. It says that there are people who are captive. It says that there are people in darkness. It says that there are people who are grieving. In just a few verses, it paints a remarkable picture of the situation that people can find themselves in. Broken-hearted, 
held captive in darkness, full of grief. That's a remarkable description, isn't it, of the human condition. A condition which I dare say all of us can identify with to a greater or lesser extent. We may not be in the midst of all that at the moment, but we are well aware that this may be the experience of others that we know and love. It may have been our experience in the past. It may be our experience in the present. And when we look out into the world, you only need to listen to the news for a few moments, whatever media you receive it through, to know that these things are deeply and profoundly true. There are no shortage of broken-hearted people, those who are held captive, those who are in darkness, and those who are grieving. So what is the good news? What is it that this passage talks about? It talks about the presence of the Lord in such a way that the broken-hearted are going to be bound up. It's a lovely image, isn't it? A heart in lots of pieces, gently wound back together again. That those who are held captive are released. That those who are in darkness are brought out into the light. And for those who grieve, there is a threefold exchange. This message is going to give them, instead of ashes, it's going to give them a crown of beauty. Instead of mourning, it's going to give them the oil of joy. And instead of despair, it's going to give them the garment of praise. Just think about those things for a moment. A crown, a garment, oil. This is the way that the ancient world showed that somebody was really special. A garment, the oil of anointing, the oil of gladness, and even a crown, something on their head to say that they are special that they are loved, that they are wanted. There is something quite extravagant here, something quite luxurious, that these people who were in that position are now bound up, set free, brought into the light, given a garment and a crown and oil, entering into the fullness of what God wants for them. And as if the passage couldn't give us anything else, it then tells us they will be called mighty oaks, a planting of the Lord for the display of what? Of his splendor. This is what God does. He takes those that are broken, those that are lost, those that are in darkness, those that are in grieving, and he does this. He binds them up 
mends their hearts. He sets them free. He brings them into the light. He takes their grief, and in place of that, he gives them a crown and oil and a garment, and he says, now you, you are the ones who are going to show everybody else how good I am. This is what the Lord does. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me. This is what he does. This is what he does in Jesus. And we see it, don't we, time and time again in the Gospels. People who are broken, people who are bound, people who are held captive, Jesus sets them free. This woman who is bent over, he touches her and sets her free. The woman who's had this issue of blood for 12 years, 12 years, touches the hem of his garment and she is set free. The man who is utterly deranged, who is running around naked, self-harming and been thrown out so that the only place he can live is in the tombs, living like an animal. Jesus sets him free and restores him. Even right at the end, when he's dying on the cross, and one of the, one of the robbers looks to him and says, Jesus, remember me. When you come into your kingdom, what does Jesus say? Today you will be with me in paradise. I set you free, even now, right at the moment of my death. This is what Jesus does. And we know it is because we have tasted it. Anyone who has just touched the edge of Jesus' garment, who has just caught a glimpse of him, in scripture, in prayer, in song, in, in the bread and wine, in somebody else, in, in some tiny way in your life, if you have glimpsed Jesus, you will know that this is what he does. He takes us. He binds up brokenhearted. He sets us free. And he gives us this outrageous, luxury, extravagant status that we are now the children of the king. We are the sons and daughters of him. We have tasted it and seen it. This is what Jesus does. And you know what? This is what we are called to do as well. We can't do it like he can, but he can do it through us. He can do these things through us. Yes, we will make a pig's ear of it sometimes. We will do our best and we'll mess up. But when the people of God place themselves at the disposal of the king and say, Lord, what you have done in the Gospels, what you have done in me, I want you to do a little bit of that through me to other people. The king beams at us and says, brilliant. I'm going to be at work.
And you know what? Those things already happen here. They already happen here in this building. When a child laughs at seedlings, when one of the children who's been affected by COVID and hasn't learned to speak properly comes to something in this building and says a word, when somebody who's lonely and, and comes here and finds conversation, when somebody who's cold and comes here and finds that this is warm, it must be really cold at home, mustn't it? But let's face it. But when they do, or they get a hot meal, or they get a cup of tea, where they are treated with respect and dignity and compassion and care, when somebody takes time for them, when they feel a little bit loved, these things start to happen because God is at work. So why do we want a new kitchen? We want a new kitchen so these things can happen. Why do I want to ramp up to the front here? I want to ramp up here so everybody can get up the top. They don't have to go up and over steps. Why do I want better storage? So we can do more and we can welcome more people in. I know it's boring doing this stuff, tedious, it takes a long time and it is expensive. I know that. But I only want to do it because I want these things to happen. Because this is what God is about. He's about broken, lonely, captive people who are in darkness being set free. And we know that because he's done it to us. This is good news. It is already happening. Praise God. Praise God for St. Christopher's. Praise God for the Springfield Project. Praise God for every person who comes and serves here. Those who know and acknowledge Christ and those who don't. Praise God for every single one of them. This does happen here. I hope and trust that when we have improved our building, we will see even more people turning to him and saying, I heard the good news because I came in here. Amen.